Welcome to Not The Way I Planned. I'm Carly Cash, and if you've ever found yourself thinking, this is not the way I thought my life would turn out, you've come to the right place. Each week we'll have inspiring interviews, plus tips and tricks to living your best life, even if it's not the life you planned. My guest today is Crystal Lowther, and we first met through a program that I've actually mentioned on the show before called Rick and Carly's Kids, which just aims to shine light on some of the different struggles that families and kids face in their lives. And so I think it's safe to say that anyone that's part of that program, their life has gone a little not according to plan. So... I wanted to kind of kick things off by asking you, when you were growing up, did you have like a vision for what you thought your life would be like? Yes, I did. I thought I was going to go to college, Mm -hmm. get a degree. Um, I kind of wanted to go more into the lawyer type field and ended up changing my mind because I didn't want to go to school that long. Yeah. Those are some big goals. Right. Big hard goals. Right. Right. And of course, I I wanted to get married and have this wonderful marriage and be together forever and have, you know, a happy, perfect family. And and, um, that just, it happened, but it didn't happen. Not exactly the way you pictured it. Exactly. So did you start going to school or what did the school journey look like? I did. I actually started going to Boise State and um, I could go back and easily get a business degree with a minor in accounting, um, which... I might look into doing later, but right now the timing, it's, it's tough. You're raising two boys and I can't even imagine. I still have nightmares about college and I went to college before my kids. So the thought of going to college while raising kids is daunting to say the least. It is. It's time consuming. Yeah. You have these little beings that just, they, they are your everything and they take up all your time and you don't have time for yourself. Although sometimes you've got to make that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very important. So at what point did you decide, okay, I'm not going to go to school anymore? How did that happen? I had met um, a guy in high school. Mm-hmm. We started dating at 17 years old. And um, we were dating while I was going to college, having a good time. Um, we decided to get married five years later. And I ended up getting pregnant with my first son, Robert, really quick. Mm -hmm. So everybody's like, well, let's just take a break since your due date is around final time. Sure. And so I decided I would take a break. I ended up taking a year off and then I didn't go back. Which is super easy to do because you get out of that mode and you're like, oh, and having a baby, I think for almost anyone is just harder than you would ever anticipate you think you can juggle it all but the reality is a little different (laughs) it's it's a lot different especially you know the daycare aspects and and I was lucky enough to be able to go work for my dad Mm -hmm. and I was able to bring Robert with me until he was from time he was six months old until he was just over two Mm -hmm. and then um we got into yeah very huge blessing so tell me a little bit about your relationship. You you met in high school. You dated for five years, which is a long we did. time period. We dated for five and a half years. Uh-huh. Um, of course, no relationship is perfect. So we had our rough patches, got married, had Robert, and things just 
kind of slowly with me, I started hating myself, feeling not loved, not wanted, and trying to do that and be a good wife and work full time. Almost impossible. It is. It is. And we ended up getting pregnant with Brandon. And at this point, I was kind of scared. I didn't really know what to do. I thought my relationship would change. I thought things would get better. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's always your hope. I never wanted to give up. No. I always wanted it to be a forever thing. But sometimes you just get to that point where you can't go anymore. Yeah. So I had to call it quits because my mother told me, you cannot love your children the way that they need to be loved until you love yourself. How true that is. And I don't think I ever got that piece until after I was divorced. I know one thing that was just like a huge aha moment for me was my daughter heard me laugh on the radio and she said, mom, you have such a cute laugh. I've never heard you laugh before. And I went, oh, there's something very wrong with that. Yes. I shouldn't be this fun person at work. And then I come home and because all these other pieces are wrong and how I feel about myself, I'm not showing my kids the person that I want to be. Right. And it's hard because you're just sitting there and and I, I was an athlete in school back when I thought I was heavy and I wasn't heavy. And mm-hmm. then I gained all this weight and it's really hard to kick it, you know, and I just kept loading my face, shoving the food in there. And, and I realized I wasn't there for my kids. I mean, I was there. Oh, you were going through the motions. You were doing it all. Yeah. Doing the laundry, doing the dishes, mm-hmm. cooking dinner, getting them to, to school or daycare, all of that stuff. But I wasn't really there. You weren't present. I wasn't present. I couldn't go out and I could go out and play with them, but not for very long. Mm -hmm. I didn't like being up and around. I just wanted to sit down, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think with the food piece, almost anyone, especially when you're in a bad spot in life, you've got to numb that with something, whether it's alcohol or food or some crazy addiction. I don't know. It just makes sense that you, you feel so out of control. You don't know what to do. So you just try to numb it with something. That's what I did. And I was very good at it. So you said that your mom was the one that kind of made you have that aha moment. I need to make a change here. Yeah. That, that comment. And then of course, speaking with some other people and kind of realizing what, was going on mm-hmm. and that it did need to change not only for myself but for my kids yeah because as much as you think staying together is the quote right thing to do and that's what society says you should do it doesn't mean that it is the best long term if they're witnessing an unhealthy relationship and that's what you're modeling for your kids mm-hmm. they see it and they feel it they see it, they feel it. Yes. And and they want to do everything you do. Mm-hmm. They want to, you know, so that's, I didn't want them seeing any of that angst anymore, any of that yeah. anger. Even if of, you think you're hiding it, you are no. not. They know. No, they it's, hear things, they see things. I mean, it's just your demeanor, all of it. Mm-hmm. So at this point, how long had you been married? 
Oh, we were married for almost nine years together for 14. Um, I talked to my dad Mm -hmm. and said, listen, I, I need out. I need help. I was scared to leave earlier because I didn't think I could do it on my own. Which I think so many women have that fear. There's a huge fear, but there's people out there that will help you mm-hmm. regardless in any way they can. Um, my family has been a huge help to me. So they've been supportive right from the get go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and his family, too. I mean, really, th- that's his cool. family is a, they're amazing people. And you've stayed somewhat close to them. Oh, we talk. The and, and in fact, I was talking to one of our cousins last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're great people. So how old were your kids when you split? Oh, goodness. Uh, it was five years ago. July 1st, we will officially be divorced for five years. Um, so Robert was eight and Brandon had just turned five. And what was their reaction? Um, it was horrible. They yeah. they love their dad. They love yep. me. And the route we had to go, they didn't get to see him as much. Mm-hmm. And we ended up having to start a little bit of counseling and stuff like that and to let them know that just because their dad and I are not together anymore doesn't mean that we don't love them. Absolutely. Doesn't mean that it was any of their fault mm-hmm. because it wasn't. But you have to really drill that into their brains because they want to make sense of it. They don't get adult issues. Right. So they do often blame it themselves or, or think, how could I have fixed this? How could it be different? Right. And that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. It was, I think it was a lot harder at the time on Brandon because he was a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. I don't think he quite understood. Sure. And uh, Robert Robert did pretty good. He did pretty good. And we still every now and then have our little issues with it. You know, it's a continual battle. It I'm is. two years post-divorce and every once in a while something hits the kids, you know, and they're upset about it. Right. And they know that that for their dad's situation and for mine, that it's it's better. Yes. The fighting is not there. Yeah. And. They are now seeing that now that both of us are in a new relationship for the first time in five years, mm-hmm. which dating was the hardest thing uh, to even pick up. Is it <laughs> not the biggest nightmare? Well, I mean, I had times when I was like, what have I done? Maybe I should have just been unhappy because this is so scary. <laughs> well, it's, it's torture because you want to get yourself out there. You want to meet new people. Yeah. But here you are with two kids. Yep. And I had them every, you know, he had them every other weekend. So I had them all the time. So every other weekend, every two weeks, I could figure out to go on a date. So when you meet somebody kind of that you're interested in, you got to wait two Two weeks weeks (laughs) to go. And it's kind of to them, they're like, what's going on? Because I won't introduce just anybody to my children. Me neither. You know, Um, and, and that was the hard part. That was a very hard part. But then I met I met this uh, wonderful, amazing guy. And from the get-go, he's been great. And, and I introduced him to the kids. And Brandon, he's still having a very hard time with it. He still wants his dad and I be back together no matter if we fight or not. Sure. And so I think if I was with anybody, no matter who it was other than his dad, 
He's just, he's being very difficult. Yeah. My kids are the same way, especially my son. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter. My ex-husband has been dating someone for a year now oh. and it's fairly serious. And it, I will say things like, she's nice. She, she didn't do anything technically wrong. Right. But it, it just doesn't matter. He just, it's not me. He doesn't want his parents dating. And that's, I, I don't come from a divorced home. I can't imagine what that's like from their perspective. So, right. And then I did, I came, my mom, dad got divorced when I was four. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I get it and I see what they're saying. And I had hoped for years that my mom and dad would get back together. Yeah. Even though she had married somebody else and he Even was a after great that. guy. Yeah. And he was a great guy. He was an amazing guy, but, um, I had always secretly just wanted my parents to get back together. Yeah, I think most kids feel that way. Probably until 17 years old. And then wow. I was like, you know what? Probably not. <laughs> and they're great. They're great friends. They, yes. they are great friends. Even to this day, they still talk. And I mean, it's... That's awesome. So that's good. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't difficult. Have you been able to remain friends with your ex or has that been a more difficult piece? You know, actually, <laughs> it's funny you say that. We get along better now than we ever did. Isn't that weird how that happens? Because my ex and I are the same way. As long as we kind of keep things focused on the kids and then we get along totally fine. And sometimes I feel like society wants me to hate him. And I'm like, sorry, I don't like, I'm totally cool with him. Things happen. Life happens. Yep. You can forgive all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. and move on. Yep. You don't have to hate, hate people. I don't like the word hate. I hate the word hate. I, I, I know it's it's a harsh word, and I don't hate him. Mm-hmm. We get along great. Um, matter of fact, he has the boys for the whole summer. He decided, and I decided. You know, they're getting older; they need to see their dad more. Is he not here locally then? Oh, he is. He okay. lives ten minutes away. So oh, perfect. It it works out really well. Yeah. With this new relationship that you're in, what are some differences that you notice? Oh. There's a lot, a lot of differences. Um, he's, he's very kind and he, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. Have you eaten? You finally feel that Have love you, piece. I do. Yeah. I, 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 he, just the way he talks to me, mm-hmm. just the way he will look at me. Right. You know, and, and even though I push all of his buttons and drive him <laughs> nuts, he still has stuck around and he's also stuck around with this whole situation with my son. Right. And my son is pushing so hard. It's been over six months. I thought he would run after two weeks, but he's stuck he's, through he's, all of it. Yeah. And he's all work. We'll work on it. We'll Have you notice differences in yourself being in a relationship, how you respond to things or how you treat that other person? Well, I think one of the issues with my marriage was when we had a disagreement or an argument, we wouldn't sit down and talk about it and figure it out. Yeah. Everybody would just walk away. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not used to that. And so when we get in a disagreement, I try to walk away and he's like, no, Come sit down. We're going to figure this We're out. We're going to figure this out. Which is huge. So communication with him is key. Yeah. And that's one thing I've noticed a lot different. Mm-hmm. And and he's my first real relationship. Like I've dated a few guys, but sure. he's the first serious, real, constant, mm-hmm. you know. 
I'm so happy for you. It makes me so happy <laughs> because he does seem from everything that you said and then what I've seen on social media. I don't know. I just feel like he's he's a keeper. He's good. Yeah. And his daughter's amazing, too. So and how's that been with your boys and his daughter? Um, so Brandon actually adores her, although sometimes he puts on a front mm-hmm. that he doesn't. How old is she? Um, she's 14. OK, she's a redhead. She's a firecracker. <laughs> um but she's a sweetheart and she's a smart girl. Yeah. Smart girl. That's and good. Robert and her get along really well. That's cool. Now you've mentioned just briefly that your son Brandon has had some issues. Yes. That he tends to push buttons. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about his journey. When did you start noticing like, okay, this kid is a little more difficult than most? Well, probably... At about four years old, um, went to pick him up from daycare. I would get phone calls Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, He had all these impulses. Just he would do something out of the blue, out of the ordinary. Um, I went in, funny story, when he was four, I went in to pick him up from daycare. And um, the gal said, Crystal, he kissed a girl and he liked it. And I sat there and I just looked at her and I'm thinking the Katy Perry kissed a girl and I liked it. And I'm what? She goes, he kissed a girl and he liked it. And I said, wait, Brandon kissed a girl. She said, yeah. So I guess the girl, they had him sit down and they were separated and the girl is just bawling. Don't tell my mom. Don't tell my mom. And Brandon said, listen, it's okay. It was good. (laughs) And I'm just sitting here going, when she's telling me this, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my kid. What am I getting myself into? Mm-hmm. Uh, he started getting very antsy. He couldn't sit down. Um, after the divorce, I think it magnified things. Um, he started getting very defiant with me. He would say all sorts of horrible things like he wished you know he wasn't here and it would be better for everybody and wow and just he hates me you know I hate you and Mm -hmm. you always say if you don't hear that at least once in your life you're not being a good parent so I must be being a horrible parent I haven't heard that yet I'm so grateful that is good (laughs) I'm so grateful because I'd always tell my parents that I hated them and I'm like I haven't heard that yet no you are happy you are a great mother but so I always tried not to take it personally right All right. I think kids, for one thing, they don't really understand the power of words. And sometimes they'll throw things like that out there just as an attempt to get attention, screaming for attention. Like, you know, I'm feeling anxious or I'm depressed or whatever. And I need to communicate that. Right. So at that point, at about five or six, um, his teachers, I would get phone calls at least once a week. Wow. And his teachers finally said, you know, maybe, maybe we should look into this. Mm -hmm. So I took him in. Well, I called his doctor. She sent the forms and the teachers at this time in first grade, he had two teachers. Each teacher filled one out. I filled one out and sent it back. And she says, we need to talk. And I did the same thing with Robert because he was the same thing. He was the same, not defiant in any way, but he... His attention span was really low. Mm-hmm. And, but his came back fine. She said, he's just a boy. 
Yeah. He'll be fine. And you never know as a parent what's normal, what's not normal. Right. It's tough. Right. To know. So we went in and we talked to her and she said, Crystal, he's he's got pretty good ADHD. Brandon. Brandon. Ty, um, the two types. He's got type two. Mm-hmm. Well, both types, however you say that. But um, so we decided to get him into counseling. And um, then we started meds. Which can be a difficult journey. It, it, it was. I didn't. His father and I didn't want to put him on meds mm-hmm. um, because, of course, addictive personalities and true, you know, if you if you take them and they're prescribed to you, then then that's a good thing because that's what they're meant to do. But you've got a lot of kids who are taking a lot more sure or who don't even need them. And this is the types like Adderall and stuff like that. Adderall is what type of a drug? It's it's like a meth. It's like okay. a meth. It's meth based. Something like that. And it controls the attention deficit. Yeah. Stuff? So so if you were to take it and you don't need it, mm-hmm. it would keep you up. Okay. So all the college kids sure. take it to study and right and all this stuff. And you can see, especially as the years go on, how that could easily become abused. A problem. Yeah. yeah. And so we decided to to try it with him because he just he could not sit still in school, mm-hmm. and it was affecting not only him but the other children. Sure, that were there. Um, we tried the first first medicine. We tried total difference, instant. Wow, and um, they upped the dose a little bit because it wasn't lasting as long, and so it lasted longer. And after about three months, he developed a tick. Hmm. His shoulder. He would just keep moving his shoulder up, like as if his shirt was falling down, and he just yeah. go to move it back up. So we would take him back in, and we switched meds. The tick went away. But after three or four months on this same, the different medication, he developed a different tick, and he would start shuffling his feet. Mm-hmm. Like we'd just be walking, and then he'd just quickly shuffle his feet. Interesting. So in this whole time, we also took him to counseling and the counselor, the very first day, he talked to me for maybe 10 minutes and talked to Brandon for about 15. And then he said, come here, I want to talk to you. So when I sat down and he handed me this huge book, just a gigantic book, and it was open to a certain page. He said, I want you to read that. And it was probably two or three pages long. I read the first half of the first page and I just looked at him I said this is my kid because mm. it pinpointed everything the defiance the language his language can be rough throwing out explicits or oh, yes okay yes or you know or I hate yous right. or flipping people off out of nowhere uh-huh. you know and a lot of that has slowed down thankfully but he had described to me it's called oppositional defiance disorder and I just looked at him. I said, well, don't all kids have that? Aren't They're all kids defiant? defiant? Yeah. And he said, well, yes, to a certain point. But you said when he does something really ornery and he goes away, he'll come back within an hour to two hours and be like, mom, I'm sorry I did that. I didn't realize what I was doing. I'm really sorry. He said, that's 
where the difference is. That's the- so with this disorder, is it so impulsive that like he isn't necessarily making a rational decision when he has an outburst? Exactly. Okay. Like he'll, he'll lash out mm-hmm. and I'll put him in his room and that's a battle to keep him in his room. Um, finally, I just, I was told to kind of just walk away because the more you push, the worse he's going to get. Sure. And once he calms down and his brain can rationalize what is going on, then to go talk. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, and then he's kind of like, oh, what happened? I'm sorry that happened. Right. And and him and his brother, <clears throat> they get into it worse than any sibling you would think you know fight I fought with my sister all the time mm-hmm. but not like these guys do and it's Brandon's very aggressive he knows all the buttons to push he I knows. have holes in my doors holes in my walls which thankfully that has stopped as well things are getting better mm-hmm. Um, so that combined with his ADHD got a little tricky there's no medication for oppositional defiance disorder is the ADHD part of the oppositional defiance disorder or two separate things they are two separate things but I don't know the exact statistics but a lot of kids and it's more frequent in boys apparently than the girls um they are coupled together yeah do they know where this comes from is it a genetic thing you know some some people say it's genetic some people say it's your experiences um his counselor said that our marriage traumatized him and so whether that's the reason or not that weighs heavy because sure I knew it wasn't working for the longest time, but I wanted to make it work. So Mm -hmm. I stayed. Yeah. And so then I'm like, it's my fault. It's not your fault. I think we're all just trying to do the very best that we can. And that's such a difficult decision where it's like staying has all these potentially lasting effects and leaving has lasting effects so what do you do where's the happy medium where's the happy medium what do you do you you can't blame yourself as easy as that is you you just can't so i have this beautiful beautiful baby boy and his whole life is just it's difficult Mm -hmm. we had to get off the meds for a little while because eventually his whole body was ticking we'd be sitting watching tv and his whole body would just tense up and he said mom he was probably eight, almost nine at this time. He said, mom, I don't want to be on this medicine anymore. Mm-hmm. He said, the kids make fun of me at school. Because he was having the because tics. Because of his tics. And then they were saying I was doing it on purpose just to get attention. He said, and it hurts. <sighs> and I don't want to do it. So he had this amazing teacher who he had in second grade. And she ended up moving to third grade the next year and asked if she could keep him in, in his, in her class. And I said, of course, and this lady was amazing. And she found what it took to kind of keep Brandon on task. Mm-hmm. Um, she tried anything and everything in the classroom with him. She never gave up on him, which is huge. Yeah. 
Such a blessing. So when he went off his meds, she, the stuff that she probably had to endure. And (laughs) I just, I'm very thankful for her. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was, that was a trying time too. We tried some non-stimulant medication. I think for two weeks it kind of helped, but after that. Not so much. It didn't do anything. Yeah. Anything. So then here comes fourth grade. And at the beginning of this year, he has this cute, cute little new, brand new teacher. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh no. <laughs> she doesn't know what she's in for. I thought this poor girl, my kid, I love my kid, but he's a handful. He's more than a handful. He's probably four or five handfuls at a time. But um, she actually, for a first time teacher, I was very impressed. She's like, well, let's get him this rocking chair. Let's get him these bands. Let's, you know, and he, he had a 504. So he's able to kind of get up and walk around a little bit. But his problem with that is he just wanted to talk to everybody. Right. And then that's disruptive. And it's getting, you know, it got, it got pretty bad. So we had a meeting and we decided, okay, we're going to put him back in counseling. And um, we ended up going and seeing their med med person Mm -hmm. and talking to them. And at this time they also diagnosed him with general anxiety disorder, which I could see because even in third or fourth grade, if I were to drop him off at school and he didn't go with my neighbors, he would bawl and cry. He would not want me to leave because it looked different. It wasn't what he was used to. It wasn't normal. And, and his brother no longer goes to school with him on days when his brother was sick and didn't go to school with them because I would drop him off, you know, a few years ago, um, he would ball and wouldn't want to go. So he has to have a set routine Mm -hmm. or he's just super anxious. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we tried a new med. There's a, there's a new med. It's been out for a little bit, but they've had some good things on it. And right now we are testing the waters. Um, his teacher had said that he was a totally different kid. Like he was still Brandon. His mm-hmm. personality was still there. She said, but he's able to actually sit down and focus and do his work. That's awesome. So he earned himself back on, you know, off the Island and cool. the Island is on the outside of the classroom where you, you, you're by yourself. No one wants to be on the island. No. So he earned his way back with everybody. And um, the medicine is working great. And it's coupled with another thing he takes at night. I can't even tell you what it's called. I'm such a horrible person. (laughs) Heaven forbid you don't. We just started this two weeks ago because he'll do great throughout the day. But his mood, his mood changes and his anxiety i mean just all of it coupled together it's not pleasant yeah it's hard oh i can only imagine so they coupled it with this other medication that he takes at night which helps him sleep because i was giving him some melatonin at times you know he always had sleep issues yeah he'll be up till three or four in the morning i went in his room one day and he had a coloring book markers crayons (gasps) he had scissors wow and then he had all his legos I don't, a basketball, I mean, just all in his bed and no TV, no nothing. He was wide awake. I walk in there and he's like, Hey mom, what are you doing? Um, I need to get up in like two hours, get ready for work. What are you doing? Exactly. So I had to start giving him melatonin Mm -hmm. and, um, 
that's what this other medication will do. Help him sleep, help take care of nightmares because he had nightmares. And also he said, coupled with the stuff he takes during the day, it's supposed to help their moods. Regulate everything. Yes. So we tried it. The first day was, was okay. The second day was amazing. Like this kid was a whole new kid. I would ask him to do something and he'd be like, okay. And you're like, okay. He didn't didn't tell me no that entire day. And I had just gotten them back for the weekend because it was my weekend. Which is always kind of a difficult transition because I'm sure dad does things a little differently than how things are at mom's house. Right. It's never the same. And I hear it (laughs) all the time. Yeah. But he was, he, he and his brother, they didn't fight. His brother came over to tell him how to do something easier. And for once, Brandon just sat there and I'm like, what's going on? He was listening to him and they said, okay, I'll give it a try. And I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, this is my boy, right? This is, he's very smart. He's very articulate, you know, and I asked him to tie a shoe and he, instead of tying it, he just wanted to take them off. And where we were, he had to have his shoes on. I said, no, buddy, you have to have your shoes on. I said, just please tie your shoe. He goes, okay, mom. And I'm just like. Hello. Right. Yeah. So, so far it's only been about two weeks on this stuff, but his dad had even called me and said, you know what? I've noticed a pretty big difference. Mm-hmm. And he even says he feels better. That's awesome. You know, the only thing that it seems like with these medications, as you've been telling me about your journey, seems like they'll work. And then oftentimes you'll, like, you'll get this hope right? and then it stops working or there's some side effect that is worse than the benefits or you just can't live with. And I think this, the med that he's on during the day for his ADHD, um, the suggested starting dose is 30 milligrams. And after I told him what the other ones did to him, he only started him at 10. So we've only upped it once. I don't want to go any higher than that for that fear. Sure. Because that's when you've noticed. Because after things. getting it to the thirty, that's when I've noticed the 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 ticks. Yeah, it's such a careful balance. I was on um, antidepressants my entire tra- well from the time I was about ten on, and yes, they would help behaviors. But I remember the first one my parents put me on was Prozac, and they immediately noticed a difference. You know, I wasn't acting out and throwing temper tantrums and all the issues that I had. But I remember feeling, even at 10 years old, like I have no emotions. So something really cool would happen that I would normally be excited over or happy about. Just kind of chill, you know? Yeah, Or, Or I remember another one I was on, I think it was Zoloft. Again, there were a lot of benefits, but I was thirsty all the time, constantly thirsty. And so I'd stop taking them because I didn't want to deal with the negative side effects. So I definitely think that medication, when you find the right dosage and you find the right thing for your kid can be a miracle worker, but it's a tough journey. Well, yeah. And and all kids are different. Yep. Everybody is different how they react to other meds. I'm, I'm in a oppositional defiance disorder, ADHD autism, I mean, all kinds of, there's this couple support groups that I'm in Mm -hmm. and everybody's asking, you know, what about this medication? And you just go, you go read the comments 
and you understand because you've been there, you've done that. And sometimes they work great for people and sometimes they don't. So you just kind of give them your, their opinion and just, you have to try it right to know if it's going to work for your own child. Sure. What are the, I'm just curious, what are the type of things that will set Brandon off? Uh, Brandon is about, about Brandon. Um, if he asks for something, he thinks that he is going to get it and that the life should revolve around him. Mm-hmm. And so if you tell him, no, he, yeah, whatever, well, you're going to do it for me anyway. And he walks away and it's like, no, get back here, come here. <laughs> and that's, that's what will set him off. Or if somebody makes fun of him in front of a bunch of people. Forget it. That is a huge trigger. Sure. Uh, you cannot embarrass him in front of people or else he loses it. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's playing sports or whatnot, if he doesn't get included, which he does most of the time, or if he doesn't do good, he gets down on himself and that will send him into a spiral. Sure. Um, his brother, his brother, oh, Robert, he's had to deal with a lot from him. And I keep telling Robert, listen, we've got to deal with it in a different way. You can't just come back at him because he doesn't understand what's going on. He understands, but he doesn't understand. Right. But that's a lot for a 13-year-old kid to process and From the with. time he was, so Brandon's 10 now, and we discovered all this, what, three just over three years ago um he's been it's been hard on Robert it's been very hard on Robert Robert has had these days where oh he has said that he just doesn't want to live with him anymore so it's so difficult on both sides because like it, I, I've shared a little bit that I was a quote bad kid growing up <laughs> and my sister was like the golden child. She was just perfect. And it was always like, why can't you just be like your sister? Why can't you just do these things? And being that kid that is the problem in the household is a horrible feeling. It, it, it it's is awful. So I feel so much for Brandon mm-hmm. and yet I haven't been on the other side and I can't imagine how difficult it is on the other members of the family that are, are struggling because of the behaviors. Right. And, and, and Robert, you know, Brandon, if I ask him to do something, it's really hard to get him to do something. So a lot of times I rely on Robert and I shouldn't, mm-hmm. but I do. So if I need the dishes done, I don't, ask Brandon I ask Robert sure because you know if you ask Brandon you're gonna get right a fight going right and then you know then he's 13 now and he's got that teenage attitude kind of coming yeah things are changing Mm -hmm. emotions everything and so we're gonna see how that plays out now sure so he may not put up with some of the things that he has put up with right Brandon right yeah um, do you feel like Brandon feels like he's a bad kid? Or how, how do you think his self-esteem is? I think it all depends on what time of day it is sure. for him. Um, I don't think he feels that great about himself. And I don't think it's what anybody's done. 
No. But I think it's just his mental capacity. Well, and I, I can only speak for myself, but I know I would have similar outbursts as a child. And how we were talking earlier about it not really being a conscious decision. It's mm-hmm. like all of a sudden I'm caught up in this storm. And then hours later, I'm like, oh, that was really bad. I'm so sorry. You hold a lot of guilt for that. And yet you don't know how as a child to stop it from happening. Right. So you just, it's easy to feel like, oh, I'm this horrible person. I'm this problem in my household and I don't want to be, but I don't know how to do anything different because these certain things do just set me off and I'm not trying to be bad. I'm not consciously thinking, oh, I'm going to be a brat now and I'm going to throw a huge fit. It's afterwards that you're like, right. I don't know why I did that. And he's still like that. He'll be like, mom, I really shouldn't have talked to you that way. I'm, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, and it doesn't justify that behavior. You can't just say like, that's acceptable. Right. You know, and, and that's why I tell him, I'm like, well, your apology is accepted, but you've got to stop and think sometimes before you say something. Sure. Which that's his whole thing. He doesn't, take the time he just blurts it out and is what's he can go to my mom's house and if I'm not there he's an angel Mm -hmm. he can go anywhere if I'm not there he's perfect and his counselor had explained to me that he's out in this world and his poor little brain is trying to process things in so many different orders. Sure. And he said, and that that's what gets his anxiety going. That's what gets all his emotions going. And he cups it all in. He said, but when he gets home, he's in a safe place. Yep. Or when he's with you, he's in a safe place. He knows you'll never leave. So he unleashes it all. That's the only way to let it out. Makes perfect sense. He's so, holding in, in all day long, mm-hmm. all the things that he's got mm-hmm. anxiety over and are difficult and yeah and he started kind of towards the end of the year kind of letting a little bit out but not near as what it's been before so he's getting comfortable in that you know that he trusted his teacher mm-hmm. and that he knew his teacher would not leave him sure which is is great and and I came home on the last day of school and he put this picture in his room and then um, a note that was signed by his teacher. And this picture is what they took the very first day of school. And it says the class of, I think it's 2028 20, or something, 2027. 20, um, and it says future NFL player. He's holding the sign that says future NFL player. That's what he wants to be. Because that's what he wants to be. And he said, Mom, I want to show you this picture. So I went in and I looked and he said, look at the note. And he just started bawling. And just hugged me and said, Mom, I'm going to miss her so much, you know? And I'm like, buddy, I said, you'll probably see her next year. I'm sure she's not going anywhere. So this kid, he just is so full of love and emotions. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't let you see that all the time. Sure. But it's there. It's It's there. there. He's a a good kid. I call him my beautiful hurricane. (laughs) That's a good way to describe it. (laughs) He's my beautiful hurricane. That's really cool. What do they say with oppositional defiance disorder for his future as he becomes a teenager, becomes an adult someday? 
Um, sometimes it gets it gets worse, and and on these support pages, the things I read and the things that some of these parents they're calling the cops and admitting their children who are even sometimes younger than Brandon. So I'm very thankful that he's not at that stage at that level. Right. Um, they did say that it's possible he could grow out of it. He just once he learns to control things mm-hmm. and manage it, um, that it's very possible. Which would be wonderful it, for everyone. Uh, <laughs> it, it would be great. It would be great. But just but it's you a just don't know. Game. You never know. You don't know how it's going to look. They said I was going to grow out of my asthma by the time I was an adult. And here I am, 37 years old, and I still have asthma. <laughs> we all have our garbage that we have to navigate through. And I think that's an important piece to get that message to kids, especially that if you're battling something like oppositional defiance disorder or my son has Asperger's or whatever it is, that everyone has something and you just, you know, you got to work through it. It doesn't make you less. It doesn't make you wrong. You just have to have this unique challenge in your life. You do. And it's hard sometimes to go out in public. Like I never, ever would go out in public because I always knew that something would strike him. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want the whole world just staring at me because you know how people are. Yeah, They stare and they judge. They do. And I remember we went to Roaring Springs and... I said something to Brandon and he wasn't in trouble. He wasn't in a bad mood and he just turned around and he, he flipped me off out of nowhere and he said, love you too, mom. Mm-hmm. And this lady and she's like, oh my gosh, did he just flip her? All? Like she's probably five feet away from me and I'm hearing everything she's saying. And I just turned and I looked at her and I said, you know, I said, yes, he flipped me off. No, it's not okay. But you do not see the things that he goes through. Sure. There's all these disabilities that sometimes are not visible. Absolutely. And mental health in this country has taken a huge, huge jump. Mm-hmm. You know, it definitely has. It, how do you explain to someone at the water park his entire journey and what his disability looks like? It, it's hard to explain that in right. a couple of minutes. And I don't, and do you even need to justify what, you know, to some right. stranger what's going right. on? And that's or... the hardest thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I don't really judge people, but there's been times where I've like, what's going on here? You know sure. what I mean? Trying to figure it out. And so that instant and a few other instances that have happened kind of made me think. Yeah, you never know you what someone's know. going through. You have no idea. You don't know. We we have all these social lives, and a lot of people pretend how beautiful it is. They're mm-hmm. not putting out the bad stuff. Hardly ever. You know, and, and there are times I'll get on there, and I'll rant for a minute because I need to. Yep. But for the most part, I don't post a lot of my bad stuff. Yeah. So people don't know. They don't. I do think that where mental health is in our society and hopefully where it's going. At first I had a really big issue with labels. I didn't like labels that I received as a child. I hated giving my son a label, Mm -hmm. but I think it, it can be such a blessing in just 
understanding why people are the way they are, people understanding themselves, and then taking those pieces and finding the right medication or finding the right therapy or just learning. I've battled anxiety, terrible anxiety my entire life. And medication for me, I've just never found the right thing. But I've learned skills. I mean, even simple little things like if I'm having a really bad day, there are days I just have to go sleep it off. Right. And if I was to stay up, I would get in a huge argument with someone or my my kids. I would do things that I would probably regret the next day. Instead, I just have to say, all right, I'm calling it a day. And it makes a huge difference in my life. So I think when you learn to understand yourself better and you understand your kids, people that you love better, why they act the way they do, and then you take action and you find the right fit eventually, the world's a little bit better place. Right. Right. So, well, Crystal, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think you're amazing. I remember when you first wrote about Brandon, you wrote a letter and you said, so I figured I was a bad mom. You're not a bad mom. You're incredible. I think just the way that you've continued to fight for your kids and love them and recognizing in yourself that you need to take care of you and doing what's best for you so that you can be the best mom be the best person you can be and be a good partner to someone new now. I just think you're something pretty special. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining this edition of Not The Way I Planned. If you liked what you heard, you can find more at notthewayiplanned.com as well as Not The Way I Planned on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.